0: People are programmed to love plants. It plays an important part in the perception of our environments. Their green colour is the centre of our visible spectrum and signals balance. As a primitive response, when we see plants we are assured of the presence of water and food. It is therefore not surprising we like to surround ourselves with plants. We are familiar with most of their shapes as we grow up seeing plants. But there is one crucial aspect of plants that we don't really see. Pollen. Every year, plants release millions of tiny grains containing male sperm cells. So tiny, about 300 feet a 1mm pinhead, that we're not aware of all the pollen constantly floating around us in the air. It is not until the 17th century, with the development of the microscope that English physiologist Nehemia grew Discovered that pollen have a lot of different shapes which are related to their species. What he didn't know yet is that this formed the basis of an important branch of geological and geographical science, palynology.
1: Particularly for the first time, um, you're often astounded at this um, beautiful array of different. Um, shapes and sizes um, and ornamentation that the, um, that the pollen grains have.
0: Considering a single pine tree can produce up to one to two kilograms of pollen per season, it is not surprising that a majority of pollen don't pollinate but fall to the ground. Preserved in layered lake and river sediments, these can be recovered and used to reconstruct past landscapes.
1: One of the incredible things about Um, palynology, I always think is that from a tiny sample such as this, we can reconstruct a whole environment.
0: Pollen studies are also an important driver in the treatment of hay fever and can be used in forensic studies. Before the beginning of the Ice Ages, large parts of the Northern Hemisphere, including Europe, were covered with the famous Sino-American flora. In its main composition, this flora is still present nowadays in Japan, China, and North America. During the sequence of ice ages called the Pleistocene, ice forced this flora to move southwards. Unlike in North America and Asia, the east-west oriented mountain ridges and the Mediterranean on the European continent presented barriers to southward migrating flora, causing a decline in Sino-American flora at each ice age. As every ice age caused a decline in this plant community, Europe has been a very good place for palynologists to identify successive glacial cycles.
2: That is because there's a, a range of um, tree species in particular that uh, almost form a succession uh, of recolonization uh, after uh, major glacial periods and, uh, and and so you can, you can trace this uh, same succession or recolonisation through each of the interglacial cycles, uh, and and that's very distinctive.
0: A complicating factor however, was that at no one place is there a complete Pleistocene succession. It required a fair dose of acumen to collect the necessary pieces of information and to produce a general cohesive picture out of them. So why do we do this? The implication of this type of research is global. We keep crossing planetary boundaries defined by Earth system scientists as the safe operating space of humanity. Three of those are climate, the nitrogen-nutrient cycle, and biodiversity. There are many scientists that are concerned that basically we are making irreversible changes um, uh, to the biosphere and that we're we're approaching kind of a critical point where Um, the decisions we make in the next few decades could have a huge impact on where we end up in terms of the outcomes. Primary productivity is the total rate at which the ecosystem captures and stores carbon as plant biomass. About half of an apple is carbon and it is produced by plants. Studies of primary production using satellites since the 1980s show that currently humans use 40% of this production with only 10% harvestable production left available to us. This might not even be the only obstacle to our future sustenance. Researchers from the biological, environmental, ecological, geographical and chemical sciences come together to explore our planetary boundaries. Their verdict, the limits for freshwater use for irrigation as well as disturbance of nitrogen and phosphonutrient cycles have already been reached. We need to get by on fertilizer and water. It's worth having scientists thinking about the big picture about those things, and to sort of make a balanced estimate of what it, what's the range of things that could happen, and even the part of the point of the tipping point article is What are the areas where uh, there could be a non-linear response, where um, you know a series of small decisions could add up to a big effect that we didn't realize? To plan for the future. We need to account for future climate change. To understand how our biosphere will react, we can look into the past. You just have to look for the invisible pollen. This was exactly what Leonard von Post did when he counted pollen types through layers in peat cores from around Sweden. In 1916 he published the first pollen diagrams. The pollen diagrams showed a change in abundance of plant types through location's natural history. At the Australian National University, palynologists are unearthing a vegetational history of nearby Lake George. Since its discovery, the lake has often surprised people as lake levels fluctuate and even drop to naught. It is a perfect bang for the area and so a good regional climate record.
2: The lake floor preserves a long, sedimentary history. It has the longest sedimentary record of any lake in Australia. We now know it goes back four million years, um,
1: and uh, long lake records like that are, are unusual in the world. The original record was a much more peripheral record, and so had a lot more periods of um, drying out and desiccation. And It has, um, it has lots of uh, gaps in it, whereas this uh, current core as uh, the sedimentation appears to be a lot more continuous and has fewer fewer missing periods of time.
2: We think that uh, with the new core uh, and with uh, some uh, more cores that we plan to drill that we will have uh, an unparalleled record.
0: Pullen, while invisible, gives a wealth of useful information from landscape reconstruction to climate records, to ecological insight on the timescale of ice ages. And they're all floating in the air like tiny pieces of story.